0: Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Play-in tournament starts today, everybody, which, I don't know, I feel like everybody's just kind of come to terms with it now, that at first it was, do you like it, do you not like it, oh no, is it going to ruin the integrity of the ballgame, blah blah blah, but you know what, I'll say this for the play-in tournament. It made a team like the Thunder try all the way to the end of the season this year. I mean, if that was a team going for the 8th seed, I, I don't I don't think the Thunder would have been fighting the same way. Maybe they would have. Maybe they would have tried to win a couple extra games. But I, I think they would have cashed it in early. Didn't change a whole lot else out West. Mavericks still mailed it in. With a couple games to go, Jazz, we knew they had pulled the plug when they sent everybody out at the trade deadline, but they tried to hang in there a little bit. Blazers gave up relatively early, I, although, I, you know, again, if it wasn't the play-in tournament, they might have given up even earlier. And then if you look at the Eastern Conference, we knew the Pistons were tanking, especially once Cade went down, but even before that. The Hornets were just awful. Uh, they did play better late in the season. I'll try to give Charlotte a little bit of credit. Magic? They were fighting, but they were fighting from behind. But then if you look at the play-in, the Raptors, they would have fought to the bitter end. Bulls probably would have. Pacers, no way they last as long as they do. Wizards, same thing. You'd have seen those teams pull the plug probably two weeks sooner. So whether or not you like the play-in tournament as a general idea, it is good in that it really has almost no downside in the fantasy sphere. It either keeps a couple players on the court a tiny bit longer, or it doesn't change anything for a team. There's really not a situation where it causes a team to abandon ship earlier. And that's good for fantasy. From a reality standpoint, I actually kind of like it. I don't know that you necessarily need to have 20 out of 30 teams with a uh, legitimate chance after the regular season ends to make a postseason run. That does feel like kind of a high number, but it's fine. I mean, if the 10 seed really is terrible in a conference, then they should get wiped out quickly. But, you know, look at the two conferences right now, and the Thunder have every much a chance to make the actual playoffs as the Pels, the Wolves, the Lakers, all those teams are right in there. I mean, maybe you argue here with the Lakers getting their guys back and making all the trades at the deadline, et cetera. Maybe you argue they're a click up from the thunder, but Pelicans played well down the stretch. Hard to argue that they're much better though. I mean, that was a team that was also banged up quite a lot this year, but won't have Zion. So, you know, they'll never be the Pelicans we saw at the beginning of the season. Wolves, the Wolves are, Wolves are drama. I know the Lakers love not being the team getting the drama spotlight. It's good to not be in the spotlight. Wolves have all the drama right now. Rudy Gobert throwing a a chest poke at Kyle Anderson who apparently called him a bee over and over again for getting roasted by Jonas Valančiūnas. Gobert suspended for this ball game. Jaden McDaniels, and we still don't really have a, a full and reasonable explanation for all of this, punched a wall in the tunnel in the middle of that same ball game and broke his hand. It's a real Kevin Brown move. I guess he's not the only one. That's the one that always sticks out in my mind like baseball players that sock something with their throwing hand. You moron. Not something I would ever say to any of these humans' faces, because they're so much bigger than me. <laughs> but that's so stupid. That's so stupid. And I'm sure that if you talk to Jaden right now, he'd say, boy, that was stupid. I actually don't know that if you talk to Kevin Brown now, he'd say it was stupid. I feel like Kevin Brown's the kind of guy that would double down on it. I was mad, so I sucked a wall, and I'd do it again, kind of thing. Fun little story here, before we dive into the actual part of today's show, because we're talking about the play-in today. Uh... I ran into Kevin Brown at a Sherman Oaks, California, In-N-Out Burger. This was ages ago. Uh, he, he was still on the Dodgers, so now I'm trying to date it. I think it was like 2001. When was Kevin Brown on the Dodgers? Baseball stats. I got to pull up Kevin Brown's baseball stats while we're doing this thing. 99, 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003, he was on the Dodgers. I think, I think it was 2002, because he only made he only made 17 appearances that year. Is that right? No, maybe not. It doesn't matter. I mean, this is a guy who was pretty damn good. Uh, but he was out for a while. I ran into him at, an, at a Los Angeles area In-N-Out burger. And no one else recognized him because baseball players, baseball as a sport, does a terrible job of promoting its superstars or stars or whatever you want to call them. I guess he wasn't a superstar. No one, I don't think anybody else in the whole place recognized who he was, but I sure as hell knew who he was. And so while anybody that's, that's eaten at an In-N-Out knows that you order and then you go sit for like seven minutes or something like that, it feels interminable, but it's really not all that long. And he's sitting and I'm sitting and I'm like, look, man, I'm a kid at this point, 2001, 2002, I guess I'm uh, 19 years old. And, I, you know, what does he think? This dumb kid is coming up to him. And I said something like, hey, man, uh, go Dodgers. Okay, fair enough. And then I said, you coming back soon? You getting healthy? And he was like, yeah, I'm coming back soon. He was not coming back soon. So that was my interaction with uh, the great Kevin Brown. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today, everybody. Uh, I don't know that I should even call it that here. There are going to be plenty of shows throughout this offseason that are just kind of NBA Today instead of Fantasy NBA Today. And you guys will hopefully wade through them with me. The beauty of the offseason is, again, there's no schedule. There's no clock. We can do what we want when we want. And the only time we have to worry about fantasy, at least from a like sense of impending doom sort of thing, is free agency and then when we get back to... Uh, and we'll do it, I guess, a little bit around the, around the NBA draft, but when we get back to fantasy draft season. But the rest of April, May, like half of June, two-thirds of July, August, we'll do whatever the hell we want. And today, I wanted to talk about the play-in tournament, because why the crap not? I, I know that my fantasy people here, you guys are probably just going to skip this show, and honestly, I don't care about that. But I will say... uh, Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus. Not available in all locations. Last year, we did that series of six shows in August on season win total betting in the NBA. We did it over uh, one whole week, and then it rolled into the following Monday. Uh, initially, I thought we could do it in one week. I ended up doing it one, uh, division per day. So rolled into six. That's not the point. Point is we had all these, what ended up being pretty easy winners. And then people tuned back in afterwards or in September, October, whenever everybody was like, all right, I guess I better pay attention to fantasy basketball again. And then they were like, Dan, did you do anything on season win totals? Like, yeah, I did it two months ago, man. You got to stick with me here through the off season. This is a Sports Ethos presentation. I am at Dan Bespers on Twitter, sportsethos.com, the website. Ethos Fantasy BK is the basketball feed. Although right now it's baseball season, so follow Ethos Fantasy BB on Twitter. There's a contest running over there if you want to win a fantasy pass for the full baseball season, which, by the way, spoiler alert, actually runs into the beginning of basketball season. So it's a pretty damn good prize for those of you that want draft guide stuff. That'll come in there at the end. I know good deal, so what do I want to do with the play in today? well uh, I want to talk about both days actually we got four games one two today, two tomorrow, four thirty Pacific time they start today, four Pacific time they start tomorrow tomorrow's games are are uh heavily off the west coast, and you'd say, well is that because the West Coast team stunk? no, actually the entire Pacific division made the uh Playoffs in the Western Conference. So, uh, very much the opposite. It just so happens that the Lakers were the lowest among them at the seven seed. Pacific Division is the three, four, five, six, and seven seeds out west. Northwest got the Nuggets at one. Southwest got the Grizzlies at two. Uh, and then the Northwest got the Wolves or the next one at, at eight. Pels, Southwest. Thunder, Northwest. So on and so forth. This, by the way, was an interesting year because it's the first season since in like 25 or 30 years where none of the three Texas teams made the playoffs in the Western Conference. Not even the play-in. Mavs, Rockets, Spurs, none of them made it. All right. Enough uh, miscellany. I guess that's not true. We're talking basketball. We're talking whatever the hell we want. Like I said, let's talk a little bit play-in stuff. First game today, the Hawks are at the Heat. That's the 7-8 matchup. 8-7 matchup, actually, in the order that I just listed them in the Eastern Conference. Heat open as a 5.5 point favorite. That number has come down to 4.5. Total open at 228.5, and that's down to 226.5. I think the total is coming down uh, because it's the right play. The Heat are going to try to slow this game to a halt. We've seen how they throw bodies at Trey Young. Uh, The Heat have a pretty good typically plan with the Hawks there were three games up on Atlanta so you know it's not like these two teams were neck and neck or anything like that but the heat have actually like historically played the Hawks pretty well and they actually beat them two games in a row at the beginning of March so pretty recently that was a heat heat home back to back or two games I like get two days apart and the Heat won the first one by eight. They won the second one by two. It's really hard to beat the same team two times in a row on the same court. And they've already done it this year. So, you know, the other side of this is it's it's pretty damn hard to beat a team a bunch of times. Hawks beat the Heat back on uh, January 16th in Atlanta. There was a fourth meeting somewhere in there. I can't remember what. Oh, Heat beat the Hawks in the first one. So he won the season series three games to one. They just do a number on Trey Young, typically. They throw a lot at him and they just sort of dare the rest of the Hawks to figure it out. Hey, the rest of you guys are going to have to beat us. Uh, in that game that the Hawks won, they got a good one out of DeJounte Murray. Trey was fine. Um, but overall they just sort of got more contributions. One, two, three, four, five, six Hawks scored in double figures. Um, There wasn't anything that the Heat necessarily did wrong in that particular ballgame. They just kind of got overwhelmed early by a hot-shooting Hawks team. And that can happen in any scenario. I don't want to write that off. But this one feels relatively accurate to me. The the Heat, again, do a pretty good job of slowing down Atlanta. Uh, They do a pretty good job of creating some separation. Uh, I actually kind of like the favorite here. At 5.5, I don't think that I could have really... done anything with it at four and a half I would consider the heat my preferred play if you're going to do anything on this ball game I'm not a huge fan of any of it but would be the under I want to uh loop back around to the Wolves and the Lakers because that's actually the game that I, I think we might have uh, a window to jump in on and let's jump to the games on Wednesday real fast here well not that fast I guess uh Raptors and Bulls that's the first game on Wednesday this one's intrigues me. Uh, All four totals, by the way, have come down off the opening number. Only one of them has actually ticked back up again later. That's the Wolves and the Lakers. All of the other totals have just continued to trend down since they opened. Bulls and Raptors opened at 217.5. It's down three points from that. Raptors opened as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. It's up to five-and-a-half now on the Toronto side, which is intriguing Uh The thing about the Raptors is that because Nick Nurse plays his guys so heavily during the regular season, you kind of already know what sort of or minutes and effort you're going to get out of the regulars on that club. Like They play their guys in the high 30s and minutes, so we've seen it. Raptors beat the Bulls the last time these two teams played, 104-98. That was on February the 28th, which, again, Bulls right now are a team that's trying to grind games to a halt. That was a game the Raptors won, uh, while DeRozan and Zach Levine were both pretty terrible. And on the Raptors' side, they actually got like kind of decent performances from a, a handful of guys. This is when Jakob Pertl was still kind of settling in a little bit. Raptors starters are very good. Raptors bench is awful. You won't see them very much in this ballgame, so that's, I think, why you're seeing what you are. Five-and-a-half-point favorite for Toronto. That number, again, is, has been pretty steadily on the rise. Uh, you know, I, I would take a look at the underdog. I think this line is not too far off from where it should be. I, the fact that the Bulls want to slow these games down... You feel like anytime you can get a handful, a full handful of points, you've got to at least start by looking at the underdog. Uh, Problem here, of course, is that I don't know that anybody believes in either of these teams. A nice thing to do in a one-game situation like this is to fade the overarching storylines. And the big storylines on the play-in games right now are, one... Lakers got their guys back. Two, Wolves lost two starters, one of them to suspension, the other to a broken hand. Oopsies. Yeah, both of the big stories are from the Lakers-Wolves series. Number three, uh, Bulls and Raptors disappointing seasons is probably another one. Uh, Bulls playing good defensive late might sort of tick in there. I don't know that anybody's saying anything about the Hawks and the Heat. And I also haven't heard almost anything about the Thunder and the Pelicans other than I'm sure the dialogue tomorrow is going to be well the Thunder are super young. This is their first experience in a mo- in an important ball game. Pelicans at least have a little bit of experience on that club in CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram and Jonas Valančiūnas. So, you know, experience blah 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 blah. I still think that there's so much pressure on the Pels that Now, with the Bulls and Raptors, I think there's an equal amount of pressure on those two teams. They're both clubs that came into this season with aspirations and both, I would say, dramatically underachieved them. The fact that they're the 9-10 teams to fight their way into a play-in tournament here, just to get that last seed, just to get to the heat of the Hawks, that's rough. So they've got a lot on the line. I think both of those clubs know that uh, a blow-up is impending, And losing at the play-in stage would only speed that up. So there's a lot of pressure in that particular ballgame. I think that's why you probably see things slow down a little bit. And then whoever the hell can hit a shot, Bulls-Raptors. Thunder Pelicans is a little bit of a different story. Uh, That number actually came down. Totals come down, like I said, in every ballgame. This one uh, from 231 down to 228 and change. Not surprisingly, actually, uh, that 231 total. Oftentimes when you see a total in a 230s in a playoff game, it gets bent down a little bit. Pelicans, six-point favorite, that's still hovering around six. You can get it at five and a half in some spots, but not a whole lot of movement on the side in that ball game. So the thing is, these play-in games are usually pretty hotly contested. They can go one of two different ways, and this is where you're making your call on all of them. Do they start kind of open at the beginning and then tighten up as the game goes? Or do they start really tight and then kind of open up in the second and third quarters? That's like always how these games go. Two very different scenarios, but... uh, they they're like there never is an in between where it's just oh this seems like a relatively normal game teams are going at a normal pace for all three first three quarters and then the fourth that always slows down it's always you see the jitters early or you see them like almost never very very late i guess uh but you'll know you'll know early What I like to do in games like these, and I'm talking Heat Hawks, Bulls, Raptors, and Thunder Pelicans, where the total's already been bet down, because I would have looked at the under in pretty much all of them, but it's already come off the the more juicy number. What I would look at here is how the first quarter goes. And if in any of those three games, whether it's the one tonight or the two tomorrow, if in any of those three games, and frankly, you could do this for Lakers-Wolves as well, if in any of those four games... The teams get off to a really rickety, nervous, rusty start, which I don't expect a lot of rust because these teams played, you know, Tuesday it'll be two days before. Wednesday they had two days off. That's not really a time to develop any rust. If you see a very rickety start in any of these four games, get ready to play an in-game over. I know, that's not what you thought I was going to say because you know Dan Vespers loves unders especially now that sports betting is becoming so popular. And sorry to all of you that do this, but the betting public loves to bet overs, whether it's prop bets, team totals, total game totals. That doesn't mean that you should never bet an over. Far from it. There are plenty of opportunities to get in on that. But by and large, there is a cost to betting overs these days that didn't exist five years ago. There was a little cost to betting overs five years ago, but now, I mean, it's through the roof. Sportsbooks know they can set a line high, and they're still going to get over money because that's just what people want to bet. The public loves to see someone score. I personally crank the volume up on my television and listen to the delightful clang of a shot off the side of the rim The juicy and loving thump of a three-pointer that bangs off the glass and doesn't draw iron. Or dead silence of a true air ball. And nothing's better than a contested rebound that rolls out of bounds because then the defense can get set. Oh, that's the best. Fight for that rebound, guys. Knock it out of bounds. It's going to be great. It's going to be great for everybody. So that's why, uh, forget that for a minute. That's why, oftentimes, you're paying a premium to get an over at the beginning of a ball game. Right now, you're still paying a little bit of a premium, but the value on the under has been cashed in most of these games. But what you're looking for are two things that you could do in the ball game, if you want. You don't have to. In-game betting is, it's not for everybody. I know it's a little bit like you're sitting there at your computer just waiting for the number to click to the right point. But, if the games start fast they will almost definitely slow down. Question is when, and if you can get the number to move far enough. If a game starts fast, you kind of have to just let it ride as long as you can, and then maybe you get in on an under, middle of the third quarter, or something like that. you got to wait a little bit longer on that one. If the game starts slow, the game total will reflect that quicker. That is to say, because all of these games, with the exception of Bulls Raptors, have pretty damn high totals to start with, If a game gets off to a fast start, they're not going to adjust these up from, like, 230 to 235. They're just going to be like, look, it's going to get to 230, and they'll probably leave it alone. If a game gets off to a painfully slow start, you know, like, say, uh, Wolves-Lakers, which has now the highest total left on the board at 231.5, if that gets off to a slow start and the teams score, like, 50 combined points in the first quarter, say the Lakers lead it, like, you know uh 27 23 after the first or something like that you probably will see the game total come down off of 231 maybe it'll come down to 220 something like that you'll see a pretty good shift and then all of a sudden you're gonna there's always this run usually it's the second quarter reserves come into the game and everything just opens up and then it's boom 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 and then that total comes back up where it was or at least part way so you get in there if you can find the right moment right when it looks like the pace is starting to pick up a little bit, grab that in-game over. But as far as handicapping these games goes, the one thing when you look at the card right now that jumps out is the Wolves catch an eight. That's a huge number. That's a colossal number. Especially when you consider the fact that, yes, the Lakers have been playing good basketball down the stretch, Uh, and yeah, no Rudy Gobert and no Jaden McDaniels, which is the guy that they would normally put on LeBron. So, I mean, these are big things like Kat's going to have to deal with AD and, uh, slow Mo's probably going to be the guy dealing with LeBron in this contest. Those, those are obviously bad matchups now for Minnesota in a way that previously they weren't, you know, Jaden McDaniels is a terrific defender. And Gobert deters the Lakers as they get towards the rim in a way that Cat simply doesn't. Anthony Davis is uh, just going to go around him, whatever he can. But at the same time, we've seen the Lakers struggle a bit on defense. We know that the Wolves without Gobert are going to spread you out a lot more than they would have with him in the ball game. That's going to eliminate some of LA's ability to uh, protect the rim. And so you're going to see the Lakers make a call of, okay, well... You know, do we put Anthony Davis on Cat and make him chase him out to the perimeter? Do we switch that up? Do we put AD on, like, Kyle Anderson, who's actually less likely to shoot the three-pointer? But then that opens up Cat working on LeBron. We know Mike Conley has big games in these types of moments. We know that Jared Vanderbilt is going to be the guy dealing with Anthony Edwards the whole game. And he's going to be in full ball denial mode as well. So, yeah, I mean, could the Lakers win this game by eight? They could, but that's an enormous number for a one-game play-in for a Lakers team that has scuffled defensively here down the stretch while, frankly, not playing serious basketball the last, like, three games in a row. I'm trying to think of the last time the Lakers had to play a serious basketball game, and I think it was the Wolves' win when they beat Minnesota on March 31st. So it's been almost two weeks now since the Lakers played a serious basketball game. They beat the Bulls on the road. They beat the Wolves on the road. And then the rest of the way, they played teams that either didn't have their players in the game or that game against the Clippers where they were just so tuckered they couldn't guard anyone. But, I mean, like, yeah, I know the Lakers won that game by a dozen in Minnesota. And you can be like, okay, well, they won by 12 there. Why not win by eight in this one? I just This game feels different. It's a different game. Another thing you're going to see in games like this one is teams that don't want to give up. You see more fouling down the stretch. Maybe a little bit less in a 7-8 matchup since the team that loses knows they've got one more shot. But you're going to see more fouling at the end. That's another reason to look at that in-game over. You're going to see teams trying to hit last-second shots so if the Wolves are down 8 or 9, they'll come down, they'll try to hit a 3-point, or even if there's like 2 seconds left. That's what these games are. So to me, in all of the play-in games, you want to start and look at the underdog and see if you can talk yourself out of it. And I frankly believe that you kind of can in almost all of the scenarios, except for the Timberwolves. And you also want to start with an under and see if you can talk yourself out of it. And I think I can talk myself out of it in almost all of these right now, simply because the number has been on the move since the get-go. And that's what's going on with the first wave of play-in games. We'll obviously have two more. I think those ones on Thursday, ones on Friday. Is that right? Are they both on Friday? I forget. I don't know. Doesn't matter. We'll talk about it when we get there. Um... What's coming up on this show the rest of the week is also a very good question. Tomorrow, uh, I was thinking about getting into the rest of the playoff series, but I think I'd rather save that show until after we get through the play-ins so we can just kind of go through all of them, uh, or possibly do it, like, maybe a day before that so we can get through, like, six out of the eight or something. I I don't know. It just makes sense in my mind to do all eight of the series at the same time. Um... Maybe I'm wrong, but ain't nobody can stop me right now because it's the off season, and, you know, same story again. Do what I want when I want. I will say this. Uh, I definitely want to get into some of our lessons learned from the season. We still have two or three more old man review shows that I want to get in. And the question is, what order are we going to do all those things in? You know what? Right at this moment, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, one thing that I do want to mention to everybody is that the Aaron Bruski Playoff Betting Journal is now available in the Wager Pass. It is officially up, and it is glorious. Last year, the great Aaron Bruschi, uh won, I believe, over 60 units in Playoff Journal betting. This includes series prices. It includes different hedges along the way. Uh, it was... An absolute thumping, and you can get the first month of the wager pass for 75% off right now with promo code ABSURD, A-B-S-U-R-D. Try it now. If you have any inclination of betting anything, get the wager pass for 75% off that first month. It's only $15 to begin with, so you're getting almost 12 bucks off. Uh, and we're, again, so confident that you're going to love it, That's why we're basically giving it to you for the first month that you'll just let it ride after you win a ton of money. You'll never look back. You'll have the wager pass on until the end of time. Ethos Wagering is the Twitter handle there if you want to check anything out. Obviously, join us in our Discord, as I always say. Uh, And anybody that's hanging out with us on YouTube for the first time, please make sure to like and subscribe. We're going to have a variety of off-season shows, and hopefully they all appeal to someone in some different circle. That's kind of what we're doing right now is... uh, trying to appeal to a bunch of different folks at the same time. I know you can't please everybody all the time, but maybe you can please everybody some of the time? I don't know. All right, have some fun with the games tonight. I'm going to have a blast. I'll be, I'm sure, tweeting rampantly like a maniac uh, or an idiot throughout. I am Dan Vespers at Dan Vespers on Twitter. There it is, on your screen, sportsethos.com. Go to the Premium tab, choose Get Premium, and get yourself a wager pass for 75% off with promo code ABSURD. And I will talk to all of you again tomorrow. Because, again, I do what I won't.